0: The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 131 A New King in Israel. King Jehoram of Judah was safe. He had escaped. The Arabians and Philistines had left the city with all the loot they could carry. His wives and children were gone, carried away captive. The disaster was almost more than he could stomach. As the king surveyed his broken city, the dead and the dying, he remembered Elijah's words.
1: Because you led Judah astray, so now God is going to strike you. Your children, your wives, and all that is yours will suffer misery. Your wealth too will be stolen. But
0: instead of repentance and sorrow, great anger welled up within him. Suddenly, one of his servants appeared. Jehoram shouted at him, Have you seen my sons? What became of them?
1: They are gone,
0: the grey-haired man stammered. I I saw them killed with my very eyes as I was held. Only a younger son, Ahaziah, got away. Jehoram was relieved that at least one of his family had survived since he had thought all of them were dead. Later, it was revealed that his wife Athaliah had also escaped. Perhaps, if she was like her mother Jezebel, with her beauty and sharp tongue, she was able to convince her captors to let her go. However, Jehoram's relief was short-lived. Reports started coming in that many people were getting sick. A plague had broken out in Judah. This too happened just as Elisha had prophesied. Yet Jehoram still refused to repent. That night, as he went to bed, the king noticed an odd feeling in his stomach. It soon developed into an ache that wouldn't go away. Over the next two years, it turned into intense crippling pain. Finally, as Elijah had written in the letter, Jehoram's intestines became so rotten that they poured out of him, causing a painful death. God's prophecy was fulfilled. Normally, when a king of Judah died, he was buried in the sepulchres of the king's Jehoram had caused so much evil to come upon the land that the people instead just buried him in a regular tomb without the normal ceremonies. Upon Jehoram's death, his only remaining son, Ahaziah, became king. His mother was Athaliah, Jehoram's wife, who had escaped the Arabians and Philistines. Ahaziah also did evil in the sight of God and caused Judah to worship idols as he had been raised to do by his mother. The alliance that his grandfather, the good king Jehoshaphat, had entered into with Israel was showing bitter fruits. Both Jehoshaphat's son, Jehoram, who was probably named after his evil brother-in-law, King Jehoram of Israel, and Jehoshaphat's grandson, Ahaziah, who was probably named after his uncle, the evil King Ahaziah of Israel, had introduced all kinds of evil paganism into the country. Not long after Ahaziah began to rule in Judah, King Jehoram of Israel went to war against Syria. He attacked Ramoth Gilead, a town in the Israelite territory located east of the Jordan River and about 40 miles from the Israelite capital of Samaria, but which King Hazael of Syria had taken over. Since it was so close to Israel's capital, Jehoram considered the Syrian presence there a serious threat. New King Ahaziah offered to help in the battle against the Syrians and marched with his army to Ramoth Gilead. During the intense fighting, King Jehoram was wounded. He was taken to Jezreel, a city north of Samaria, to recover. Jehu, the commander of the army, was left in charge of the battle. Fearful for his uncle's condition, Ahaziah followed Jehoram to Jezreel to see how he was doing. Meanwhile, Elisha the prophet was preparing to act. He called one of his students from the schools of the prophets and told him what to do. Go to Ramoth-Gilead. There you will find Jehu, the commander of Israel's army. Tell him that you have a message for him. Make sure he is alone. Elisha then gave him instructions on what the message was just before sending off the young man on this daring mission. Elisha reminded him, Don't forget to take a vial of oil, he told the young man. Once you finish the job, leave right away. Don't delay. Elisha and his students lived in dangerous times. Elisha's students especially had to be courageous to serve him. They had to trust God because they could lose their lives. But it was a great honor to serve God. In this case, the young student was about to change the course of history. When the young man arrived at the army camp, he found Jehu among his officers. At first, they didn't take the young man seriously. But after he told them he carried a message from Elisha, One of the men let him through.
1: What do you want, boy? Jehu said as he looked at the young man. Speak up. We are all friends here.
0: With unusual confidence, the young man replied. What I have to say is only for you. Humoring the young man, Jehu invited him into his tent. Once the two of them were alone, Jehu asked, Well, what is this mysterious message? To Jehu's astonishment, the young man opened up a vial of oil, poured it on Jehu's head and said, By the authority of the God of Israel, I have anointed you the next king of Israel. Before Jehu could ask any questions, the young man continued, God is commissioning you to utterly destroy the family of Ahab and all his descendants, including Queen Jezebel. Don't leave a single man alive to continue his dynasty. God says he is cutting off Ahab's house to avenge the blood of God's true servants, murdered by evil Jezebel. Dogs shall eat Jezebel and scatter her. The young man immediately left the bewildered Jehu and ran back to Elisha. When Jehu stepped out of his tent... He looked into the smiling faces of his officers. Obviously, they had been listening. So, what did the crazy kid tell you? One soldier asked with a knowing smile on his face. You know exactly who it was and what he said, Jehu replied sternly.
1: Don't pretend you didn't hear,
0: Jehu continued.
1: It is true, God has appointed me king of Israel to replace Jehoram.
0: At first the men had thought it was a joke, but as Jehu explained, they quickly realized he wasn't joking. As they stared at their commander, silence filled the air. Within moments, the full significance of what was happening hit them. God was taking action to end the evil and unjust rule of King Ahab and his family and to put the nation on a better course. One by one, the officers rose and removed their jackets, placing them on the stairs leading up to Jehu's tent. In this manner, they showed that they accepted Jehu as their ruler. Minutes later, After the top officers spread the news down the chain of command, the sound of trumpets pierced the air and thousands of Israelite soldiers cheered the new king. Jehu
1: acted quickly. I am heading for Jezreel to deal with Jehoram. Keep up the siege. We must capture this city. Keep the troops focused on this objective. Also, make sure nobody leaves the camp. I don't want word to reach Jehoram before I get to Jezreel. Do what is necessary to make sure none of Ahaziah's soldiers leave either." Jehu
0: jumped into his chariot and raced for Jezreel with a band of his most trusted soldiers. Soon, the dust from his chariot was visible from a watchtower in Jezreel, the city where Jehoram was recovering from his wound and Ahaziah was visiting. The watchman sent word to Jehoram that someone was approaching. It must be news from the battle at Ramoth-Gilead, speculated Jehoram, who was almost fully recovered from his wounds. Send out a rider to meet them and bring back word as quickly as possible. When Jehu saw a rider approaching, he assumed it must be a messenger from Jezreel looking for news. He told his men to immediately surround him. The king wants to know how the battle at Ramoth-Gilead is going. The rider shouted. Never mind, Jehu replied. Fall in with my men. Surrounded by a wall of spare points, the messenger had no choice but to comply. When the messenger failed to return, King Jehoram sent another rider to find out the news. When this man reached Jehu, who was now much closer to the city, he too was told to follow behind. By now, Jehu's small army was getting so close to Jezreel that the city watchman could start to make out individuals. He could see a rider in a chariot leading the way. I think the driver is Jehu, the lookout said. Nobody else could handle a chariot like this man is. Jehu was known for his ability to coax the most out of his horses and maneuver the two wheeled chariot at speeds considered reckless for others. Jehoram was startled. He knew that if Jehu had left the siege, he must be bringing bad news. Both Jehoram and Ahaziah jumped on their chariots and drove to meet the approaching soldiers. In a cloud of dust, The two kings hastily drove to meet the oncoming riders. The two groups practically collided on the outskirts of Jezreel, near the spot of Naboth's vineyard that Jehoram's father Ahab had stolen years earlier. What news of the battle? King Jehoram asked when he could be heard above the trampling and neighing of the horses.
1: This is it over? Is there peace? How could there ever be peace in Israel? <laughs>
0: replied Jehu,
1: as long as your mother commits whoredoms and practices witchcraft.
0: Jehoram was taken back by Jehu's aggressive response. He wasn't used to being spoken to that way. Looking at the stern faces surrounding him, he realized too late that something was wrong. Treachery is afoot! He yelled. Quick, Eh, Ahaziah, get out of here! These men are planning to kill us! With a shout at his horses and a snap of the reins, Jehoram drove his chariot toward an enemy soldier and away from Jehu. Ahaziah charged off in another direction, but Jehu was anticipating Jehoram's cowardice. He grabbed his bow and let fly with an arrow. Normally, scoring a fatal shot on a moving target covered in armor would be difficult, but this was God's punishment on Jehoram. The arrow zoomed toward the doomed king, piercing between the joints of his armor and stabbing through to his heart. By the time Jehoram's racing horses eventually came to a stop, the evil ruler was slumped over inside his chariot.
1: Take his body and cast it in the field of Naboth.
0: Jehu told Bidkar, a loyal soldier he had served beside for many years.
1: Let the birds eat him. Remember when he served under Ahab that his wife Jezebel had innocent Naboth killed just to steal his vineyard? It is providence that Jehoram should die here.
0: God was fulfilling his prophecy to Jehoram's father that his blood and that of his son's would be spilled at Naboth and licked up by the birds and dogs. If Ahaziah had stopped to look behind from his speeding chariot, he would have noticed that Jehu's men were preoccupied with Jehoram's death. Instead, he raced toward Jezreel, intent only on putting distance between himself and his attackers. With the chariot wheels bumping along the cobblestone roads, such was his panic that he barely remembered to stop to warn his grandmother Jezebel, who was also Jehoram's mother, what had happened. Jezebel had come to the city when she had heard that Jehoram had been injured. Outside the royal residence, Ahaziah grabbed a servant. Tell Jezebel that she needs to get out of here. Hassan Jehoram has been murdered. Jehu is on his way here now with an army. Cracking his whip over the horses' heads, he charged out of the city's southern gate toward the capital city of Samaria, where he believed he would be safe. Jehu's men were not far behind, but they had given up catching Ahaziah for the moment. When they rode into Jezreel, Most people didn't even realize that a revolution was taking place or that the king was dead. Those who did know wisely hid themselves. Most people, however, went about their everyday business. With Jehoram dead, Jehu was mostly interested in finding a quiet place where he could digest a meal and contemplate his next move. Jezebel not wanting to suffer the indignity of a hasty flight on horseback and devoid of all the royal trappings she was used to, decided her best option was to stay in the city and try to turn Jehu to her side. Although getting older, she was still quite beautiful. She put on her most expensive gown. She decked herself in colorful jewelry, did her hair, and put makeup on to highlight her best features and try to appear lovelier than she really was. When she saw Jehu's men coming up the street toward her building, she leaned out of an upper story window.
1: Hail Jehu,
0: she said in as sweet a voice as she could muster as she looked down at the approaching riders. Catching Jehu's eye, She continued her efforts to charm him.
1: Do you feel powerful like Zimri, the servant who murdered King Amri years ago?
0: Jehu, pulling his horse to a stop and looking up, saw a woman smiling down at him. I admire your
1: boldness,
0: the woman continued.
1: Your actions prove you know how to be a real king. Jezebel,
0: Jehu uttered. He wasn't sure exactly what she was up to. But he knew it had to be some sort of trickery. At the same time, he noticed somebody moving behind one of the other windows.
1: Who is on my side up there?
0: Jehu shouted to the windows above. Two or three effeminate looking men stuck their heads out the windows. He recognized them as eunuchs men who were often servants in harems, or to the wives and daughters of important individuals.
1: You man up there, he yelled. Throw that woman down now.
0: Already having heard that their master Jehoram was dead, the men decided it would be best to obey the order. They grabbed the kicking and screaming Jezebel and threw her out of the window.